I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Series 2 of Postcards from the Edge. A podcast where every week I'll be Zooming, is that a word? With some amazing guests to chat about life, love, family, and all the other little things that basically drive them and me to the edge. But more importantly, we'll be chatting to them about their coping mechanisms and how they de-stress, unwind, and learn to take life a little bit less seriously. We all know that I definitely need help in that category. So, without further ado... Let's get straight to it, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Her Royal Highness, the Queen of Kitchen Disco, Super Mom, Super Pop Star, and now Super Podcaster, Sophie Ellis Bexter. Who needs she sells seashells by the seashore when you've got a line like that? Anyway... This week, Sophie and I chat about kitchen lockdowns, having a lot of children, which we absolutely do have, and how to get yourself out of the mom hole, aka striking that always tough mom-home work-life balance. It's difficult, but we're going to try. It's one of my favorite conversations of the series so far. Here it is. Today's guest is Sophie Ellis-Bexter, who I am so excited to introduce. She is an English songwriter, singer, host of her own kitchen disco broadcasts, host of her own podcast, Spinning Plates, and just one incredible badass mommy and working lady. I am a fan of yours. I'm excited you're here. You a burst of joy, and I am really happy to welcome you on this podcast. Oh, that was lovely. I did. Thank you. Nice to talk to you as well. I mean, if I could just twist my words anymore, you know what it is, Sophie? I think when I was looking at all of your accomplishments, there are so <laughs> many on the list that actually getting them out in a fluid intro was almost impossible because you do so many things. Oh, uh, that's well, that's kind. I feel like um, I feel like I probably need uh, some things with more more substance, though. <laughs> no, I, by I the way, fun stuff. But <laughs> fun stuff is fun stuff is definite. First of all, I'm all about the joy, so I think that like fun stuff should be the like you know in that pyramid, like the food pyramid. Mm-hmm. I think fun stuff and joy should be the biggest bit. Cool. Like, okay, that's good. That's what my pyramid can, like, like tack on work and like healthy eating that could be like the small bit at the top but like the fun is like the big base that's the fun bit 
When I was thinking about your intro too, because I was like, it was an interesting one. Cause when I was reading through some of your bio, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not, it, it, it doesn't go unnoticed that you have five children, five boys. And, mm-hmm. and, and where in that pie does the mom bit go? Because you also professionally do so many things. And I was reading some of your quotes and you were saying what the cool thing for you as you got older was not being apologetic about wanting both of those things in your life, which I really resonate with. Cause I think it's really easy to happily get lost in the mom role, but mm-hmm. to kind of lose yourself, especially when you're used to having a career and doing things and not that there's anything wrong with getting lost in the mom role, but where do you carve out that space for yourself? And is that okay to want that for yourself? And I really, yeah. I really resonated with that desire that identity, that schism between the two things. And I think when I look at you and I look at your accomplishments and just being in your presence, which I've luckily luckily have gotten the chance to be in, is that you get to represent all of those things, that you are so passionate about your work and so passionate about your family. And I think you you strike that balance so beautifully. Oh, that's kind. I mean, I think I think I still struggle with it a bit though. I think I'm always probably why we had that conversation when when we were last together is probably because I'm a little bit obsessed with um how other people are doing it (laughs) and I think uh, (laughs) and I think also um it has been quite a long road really to get to a point where I feel the most of a peace with the fact that I do have this selfish side of me that loves to do what I want to do you know even though it means that I sometimes have to say to my kids oh I'm sorry I can't be there for that or I'm going to be away for that that bit because my my work matters too and I think um I think that it took me quite a long time to kind of give myself permission really to to do both things and I know that that's you know age old I know that you know I'm not the first person to feel like that uh but it is something that's quite a personal um what's the word personal balance to strike really because what works for one person might not be the same for someone else so I think you've got to just check in with yourself quite a lot, haven't you? And some weeks I'm like, yeah, this week's been really good. And other weeks I think I wasn't really keeping my eye on the ball with work or I don't think I've been completely with it with what's going on with the kids. So it's kind of getting that thing so that you get the end of most weeks and think that kind of worked this week. (laughs) Isn't it interesting though, there are two things that struck me. One thing is that I think you're exactly in the same boat as every parent where the balance is always changing on what balance is. It's like a friggin' BOSU ball. It's like yeah. one week you think you've got the family part nailed, then the next week you feel like you've totally fucked up, but you've got some professional things in. Then, yeah. I mean, it never actually feels totally aligned. You just get in a rhythm where you feel like the discomfort is less on both sides. So maybe you've struck the balance and then, <laughs> yeah. and then it all just gets fucked up and then something happens and you just feel like a complete failure. Yeah, um, yeah. The other thing, though, is it's interesting that because I heard you say it, I know it's the same voice that goes in my head is you use the word selfish, that mommy has to be selfish to do her work. And it's interesting because like I see Rob going off to do his work and I don't think he ever thinks of it as being selfish. And it's no. interesting as women that we feel like and and I don't know if that's because of what we've inherently like what we've we've inherited culturally you know, from our mothers and their mothers, like societally what's expected of us, but, but how we do feel guilty 
when we pursue something that's ours or, or that it feels like it's at the behest of our children or that it's wrong to want those things because it's, yeah, because it's selfish, that judgment we put in place. Because I feel the same thing when I, gosh, when I'm on set or I'm doing something, even this podcast, you know, it's like Teddy wanted me. She's in the background right now. She's, she's painting Nanny Janney's nails, but she wanted me to do something with her. And I was like, well, mommy can't because mommy's doing the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's that thing where you judge yourself and you do find it selfish sometimes. And, and that voice that you have to fight. Whereas I look at Rob and I imagine many men and they don't, they don't feel like it's selfish. Why do, Definitely. We, why do we do that? Why do we, what do you think that we're there? Because, you know, in your own right, you had a career, you have a career before you were mom, you've always relied on yourself. Like, why does it become selfish all of a sudden? Um, I suppose it's, it's, Probably a lot of it's cultural because uh, in most setups, you know, the child raising is still pretty traditional and the expectations that are there are quite traditional. And I think probably, you know, I think there's a lot of looking left and right to see what other women are getting up to and working it all out. Um, And I just think, you know, it, it can't be a coincidence that generally speaking, working fathers don't feel that guilt when if I go to work I invariably get asked questions in interviews about so who's got the kids when you're away or just generally lots of questions about the fact I have children but I don't think Richard really gets asked that much about having kids yeah that's what I was going to ask you just Richard because yeah. I don't think Rob I mean I, I, I've been there in his interviews and I've never heard anyone say do you feel guilty being away from the kids or who's yeah. looking after the kids while you're on exactly. the road? Like, exactly. I've just been with him during the I don't think, I think there's a reference to him being a father. Yeah. Like it's noted that he has children. Yes. No, and that yeah. he's happily married. But I don't think anyone ever grills him about, well, how do you, how do you strike the balance? Or how do you, yeah. how do you cope with working and being a dad? It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I guess as well, if I'm, if I'm working, the assumption is that, probably have organized childcare, whereas Richard's working, I think the assumption is that probably the kids are with me. Yeah, but it's um, interesting that, isn't it? That that, that it, it's not a like for like. No, but I think also tied up in that is also my own my own desires to be what I would call like a good mum. And part of that is about being really present and engaged with what my kids are getting up to. So that's probably where that pressure comes from as well, where I'm thinking, Am I around enough? Do I know, you know, am I keeping on top of everything? You know, if they have emotional needs, I want the kids to come to me and I want them to feel like I know what's going on in their world. Um, so that, that's probably just, you know, my own, yeah, my own bit of pressure I'm putting in there, really. And I like I, it as well. I want to be good at that stuff. <laughs> of course it is. It's a hard one because we have this like inherent, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's just how we're born in terms of the men are the hunters and the women are the nest makers, but you want your kids to come to you. Like I definitely would be annoyed if the kids came to Rob before coming to me on an issue because I like to be needed. And then I feel like if I'm not there, I won't be needed. Oh, hold on. That is Rob. (laughs) He keeps calling. Sorry. Okay. That's right. Check he's all right. Babe, I'm shooting. I'm doing my podcast with Sophie. Can you stop calling me? Love you. (laughs) He's just landed in Australia. Oh, really? Just just told him to piss off. Um, (laughs) That's nice uh, you landed safe. I know. Yeah, but I'm working. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I'm working. Mommy's working. 
Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about, because this podcast, I mean, I'm, I'm just fascinated because I feel like, first of all, you're the only person who has more children than I do and manages to <laughs> keep it all afloat and work and do all of those things. How, how did you navigate? Because I was watching you do your kitchen disco mm-hmm. sing-alongs, which made me really happy. And actually I had so many questions because it made, it was such a beautiful insight into your home life. Um, <laughs> well, it was, it was great. Cause I mean, I think with my family, we did formal Fridays and we got dressed up every Friday and we had formal dinners and that was our, oh, that was fun. Formal Fridays, I like form, that. Formal Fridays, it was kind of like we bookend the week and make it yes. feel like something was happening, even though yes. we weren't leaving the house. You needed that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And when I saw your house with like a disco ball and streamers and the kids playing <laughs> and the colorful outfits, I was like, wow, this is like next level amazing. <laughs> and I was wondering, because I think as moms, humans, the world, we were all on the edge, on the edge constantly during lockdown, which is oh, yes. the real impetus of this season is, is kind of what takes us to the edge and how do we get off the edge? You yes. know, and I was looking at these disco performances and they seemed so full of joy and light and you're really trying to have, get everyone to have a good time alongside of you. Yeah. Um, what was bringing you to your edge at that point? Because I know it couldn't have all been disco dance parties for five Oh boys. no. It wasn't. Well, I was. <laughs> I found. Um, I found the first few weeks, especially, of uh, lockdowns and everything that was going on in the news, just incredibly stressful. Like a just a real hum of anxiety and the heaviness of the news, and trying to wrap my head around what was really going on and how things might unfold and how things were going to impact everybody I cared about. And I, I quite quickly realized as well that I, my tension levels were a lot higher. I was a lot more snappy. I was more sweary. <laughs> Just, you know, like, like, like a bit rawer, basically. Yeah. So the discos really came about because as a family, I think that's, you know, jumping around to music is something we've often turned to as a way just to sort of release tension. It's as much that as it is about having fun. And, and actually by doing that and letting that, that stress and adrenaline flow out into something more upbeat. I always felt better, basically. I always felt better after after the discos. Um, but no, that the, the house was very much, it was domesticity and discos and not much else. There wasn't really any other projects I was getting up to. I couldn't be creative. I didn't feel creative at all. Um, and it really taught me that there was so much about the casual stuff in my life that I really needed just to feel, you know, mentally really good. Like even if it's just walking back from dropping the kids at school and getting myself a coffee and phoning a friend on the way back. Or when I see my musician friends and just before we do a gig, the bit where we're all just chatting and, you know, catching up with one another, all that stuff is actually really important. So when all that was taken away, yeah, I was quite, I was quite stressed and tense, really quite emotional. Mm. And also we had, as a family, and I know this was happening in lots of households, but we had our own, you know, very close to home, my my stepdad at the time that uh, everything kicked off in March 2020, he was already having um, treatment for lung cancer. So everything that was happening in terms of the virus and how it was spread, that was all very scary in terms of yes. like, it really would have been catastrophic if he'd caught it. So the cruelty of 
I only lived 10 minutes away from my mum. So I would walk down the road to see her, but we'd stand at the end of the path and just wave at grandma and grandpa because that was, you know, the right thing to do. Um, just I thought the cruelty of this abstract virus that could kill people that you wanted to hug is just, I never quite, I thought that was just a very mean mean aspect of what was going on no. I? <laughs> I totally I mean my my mom was I think we discussed this my mom was diagnosed with cancer mm. at the beginning of the pandemic so yeah she had to start chemo and radiation immediately and it was that same thing it was like my mom and I are best friends and we live together and we're inseparable and all of a sudden I couldn't have her live in the house with me yeah she had to live with her, her boyfriend I couldn't you know I think there was a point at which a couple months in I trusted that if I was 30 feet away from her in the garden, then that would be okay. But just, you know, and not knowing if it was just going to take her at any moment, because if she got it, it was the same thing. It would have been catastrophic. She wouldn't have, she wouldn't have made it, you know, and it, it yeah. was a cruel, I think that was a real edge for me too. It's just this abstract cruelty of, you know, all the things that you care about have been taken away. And we, it's like this invisible monster and you don't yeah. know when you're going to get to your loved one, if you're going to get to your loved one in time, because they might go and you might never get to hug them again. Exactly. And that physical connection, that all the physical connectivity between our loved ones and our friends just went away. Yeah. And I think yeah. I agree. That was a really, it was a cruel moment in all of this, I think. And that's Definitely. why I think when I saw your, your disco performances, it was such a bright light because there was so little that felt cheery and felt joyful. And yeah, it was silly. Nobody was silly. There wasn't, a, there wasn't a lot of silliness going on. And I think when we did the first disco, I thought, oh, are people going to think this is a bit strange? Maybe they don't want something silly. so, uh, yeah, so daft. But actually, I think a lot of people were missing that too. And the lovely thing was, I mean, I... I do sing for a living, but the discos weren't part of that. They were much more pure. They were literally like, it was like sort of teenage me, you know, totally. coming out and saying, you know. Like, that was, it was, like, it was, it was so music. girlish and cute <laughs> and innocent. And the way the kids, I mean, what did the kids think when you first said, okay, mommy's got this idea. We're going to, I mean, I, I assume the disco ball is not there all the time. Was it Actually, always it is. Is no, it, I'm in the is I'm it? in the kitchen and now. What, and, um, are the streamers yeah, there? Are the streamers yeah, yeah, yeah. always? Oh my god, I love yeah. that. That was one of my questions. No, 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 like, they, is that always nothing there? Got, nothing got put up before. This so that was just in situ originally, and then you were yeah. looking at it one day, and you were like, "Let's make a party." Well, actually, Richard said it because he said, "Why don't we do a live stream, um, like a sort of party set? We'll just do a disco, you know, just do your do your disco songs, and we'll sing it. You know, you can do like a like a solo show, basically." Because I was watching online all these amazing, talented musician friends of mine who were accompanying themselves on the piano or guitar or violin. And it was so beautiful. And I was just thinking, why did I not continue my piano lesson? I can't <laughs> play well enough to do this. So I felt really useless, actually. So when he suggested that, I thought, well, let's give it a shot. You know, it's a bit of fun. But I thought people would kind of make fun of me. And I don't think Aww. I even really, I don't think I even thought, I like, talked it through with the kids massively because... You know, for them, it was just my, you know, me singing into the back of Rich's phone. Our youngest was 14 months at the time. So I guess Jesse must have been about four, Ray was seven. They were little, you know, they weren't really thinking about it. So we just had it like a family party. And then once we got such a lovely response from people, we thought it's more Richard and I. We thought, well, let's just keep this going. And it gave us a nice distraction. But 
I have to say, I, I don't know about you, but I was so moved by so many things I saw online that were like that, like really simple. Like, there was a guy who was just live streaming his dog walks or I'd find myself going on Instagram live and it'd be someone, you know, carving a pumpkin or yeah, making their own anything. stencils. Yeah, anything. 100%. Anything. 100%. I was like, oh, cute. We're watching this now. Okay, let's just be in this little moment together. It's like well, walking into a strange little room, wasn't it? Like, yeah, just oh, here we are. Like, There's only six yeah, of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I got my kids doing those Joe Wicks videos yeah, in the mornings, yeah, you know? Like, yeah. I thought, what do I do with my children? I mean, I don't know if you felt like this, but I kind of always thought it was, it's always been overwhelming, multiple children and chaos. But I, yes. I never really fully appreciated the chaos and how many children I had till we were all in lockdown. And oh, it was totally fucking overwhelming. <laughs> I know, I was like, too many. Exactly. Did you have that thought? <laughs> I was like, what have I done? I was what like, I don't I know done? what I was thinking. This is actually ludicrous. And meanwhile, everybody's like, okay, now uh, get them all set up with a homeschool. I was yeah. like, uh, how does that work? Totally, um, <laughs> totally. I remember having like Teddy and Charlie. Like at the time, Charlie was like five, so there, there's no way I was getting him to sit in front of a screen all day. <laughs> but I had like Teddy there and like Charlie there, and they'd get up and they'd move around, and and then yep. they'd get in a fight with each other, and then like yep. Coco would need me, and then like Bo would start crying, and it was just like, what the fuck? Do you know what I mean? Because like normally yep. it was like. Teddy and Charlie be at school. Like Bo would sleep a lot because he was a baby, and then I could just like focus on Coco. And then they'd come home, and it would. And then it was like all of a yeah. sudden they were all there, just with different each, and they were all getting on top of each other too because they yeah. had no friends. They had yeah, no, like, yeah. and, and they were like, scared too. A bit worried yeah, of about course. Stuff. Of course. Yeah, no, we had exactly the same thing going on. It was really, uh, <laughs> really stressful. Um, but you know, at, at least at least it was a shared stress. It was quite nice True. to um to know that everybody was feeling the same stuff. And there was lots of um people I started following on Twitter or on Instagram who were quite good at making light of of this tension. Um so I, I kind of felt like I wasn't on my own. It wasn't like a it wasn't a solo stress. No. <laughs> I know my friends would kind of share these like viral tiktok things of like basically just moms drinking during the day exactly <laughs> and, like, and taking straws like in the size of a massive juice can but really it was just like boxed wine and all those ones yes, that like all of that every parent yeah. overwhelmed it was like very reassuring because yeah that judgment came in i was like i am failing at whatever this thing is right now definitely whatever this lockdown thing is i am crapping it do you know yes. i'm like rob again it was kind of a different thing because rob would be kind of like he'd do his covid karaoke he would sing in the computer and he'd like doodle all day and do his art and i feel like he was actually quite content for a bit just to be <laughs> in a room not on the road and mm -hmm. just and just focus on something completely different but then I think, like you, I imagine it became incredibly frustrating to not be able to go out and perform and be on the road and 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 do the things he was used. I think there was a part of him that really enjoyed it at first because he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't he, he didn't have to leave his family and be all yeah. over the place. But then I think he felt creatively freaked out because after you know I don't know two months of drawing, he then was like, oh wait, music, my career, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. And also just, you know, the noise of so many friends who work in the music industry, both, you know, crew side and musician side, everybody getting really worried and scared about the future. That was yeah, that, that was, was hard to see as well. Yeah. And um, I think in a way that it's made me appreciate now 
my my role in things in terms of like the actual economy of industry I, I think right. because everybody's always on the road all the time I wasn't really thinking about the fact that if I do a gig I actually make sure that a certain number of people actually receive employment for the day and I don't think totally. I was really thinking about that because if they weren't going to do my gig they'd be doing another gig and you know everybody's always working but suddenly when when shows started to come back in I was like oh actually this is really nice this is about everybody coming back to work and everyone exactly yeah so I've, I've Bouts, got everyone has mouths to now. feed Exactly, exactly. And just everybody feeling, you know, happy to be needed and doing what they do and the stuff that they've spent years getting the expertise for has been really, really nice to see that. So that's that's been really good. Definitely. I've, no- I've noticed in Rob a deep gratitude too that's come about in exactly that, in 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 being able to provide for the people he normally provides for, in, in doing the things that maybe not that he would take them for granted, but Maybe they were glossing over in a certain way because they were so habitual. Exactly. Yeah, you take it for granted. Yeah, I feel like he's got a real um, appreciation, gratitude, enthusiasm for doing shows again. Do you know what I mean? And maybe that's these these silver linings that we talk about. Yeah, of the whole. And I love my work more than ever. Actually, I love performing, and I think you know every every gig we've done this summer, I've been like, this is actually really incredible. I'm very lucky to be doing what I do. I really love it very much. So I did I did definitely miss it. And it's quite nice to miss things sometimes, isn't it? Maybe it more is. in retrospect now that I know that it came back. Again. Yeah. When you're <laughs> when you're allowed to go back. I was gonna work. Yeah. 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 And then in the midst of what you thought, oh my God, is this the end? It was maybe yeah. not, not as a as a nice. rewarding a feeling. No, it definitely wasn't. It was just a bit straight. And also Richard and I were a bit like, we haven't really got anything else we can do, but actually we did start building a few other things. We started doing, well, I started my podcast actually, I started just, just that year. So that was ha- helpful. They were the only conversations, like good conversations I had pretty much. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That was yeah. what I liked about a podcast was just talking to people. Talking. It was like, and, yeah. Oh my God. Just to hear another human voice and like. Yeah. And not be interrupted. Someone as well I could go in a room and lock myself away and be like I'm recording in the cupboard well that's just how, I, how I told Rob to piss off just now it's like I'm recording yeah exactly did you did you find like how did you I mean I don't know what Richard's edge was for him but how did you guys navigate as a couple your you know we're we were in this incredibly stressful situation you've got five boys at home how did you guys mm-hmm. manage the dynamic between the two of you in the backdrop of all the uncertainty and all the stresses, like how did you, and how did you pivot from it? I guess, um, I guess we, we know each other pretty well in terms of what makes us tick. And I think both of us like having, having something on the horizon. We're both, are both better when we kind of got little things to potter on and jobs and projects. So I think once we sort of, I think the disco actually was a massive deal for us because it gave us both things we could focus on. So even during the week, when you know there's all the normal ebb and flow of family life and all the stress that comes with it um it meant that we could always be getting the song sorted or Richard would do an edit of a track or he would you know change the key of something or be getting stems from somebody just he'd be in the studio just sorting things and I think that was really good for him because he felt like he had a project he could focus on and for me I'd be learning lyrics and stuff because I'd always do some covers and it doesn't sound like much and you know and most of the day was taken up with things like laundry and yeah. getting meals prepped and school stuff and all that kind of thing. But, but having another place in our heads we could go to was for both of us really important. Um, and I think actually 
you know, all throughout the time we've been together, which is nearly 20 years now, blimey. Wow. You know, we, whenever we've had anything stressful, um, I think you, you just start to learn, don't you, what works for the for each other and for both of us. We both like talking things through, but also um, focusing on something else for a little bit and just keeping busy. I think we both, yeah, we're both at our worst when we feel like we haven't really got a job to be getting on with or a project. That's when we kind of rattle around a little bit and get a bit snappy. I don't think that suits either of us, actually. I think that's how Rob and I are, too. We yeah. like, I think we're kind of dreamers. Do you know what I mean? We like... Mm-hmm. We like we like imagining possibilities, creative possibilities. You know, um, yeah, playing them out and, and and getting giddy and excited about creating something. Or yeah, yeah, creating. I think creating is really big between us. And I think we yeah. we think about oh, wouldn't that be you know? And I think it's always joy led. You know, and and like you guys, music is kind of the the foundation of everything in our house and just yeah. the play and the. And I think we're just two big kids. I think that's why when you when you you showed the 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 disco performances in your living room, I really resonated. It was just like it was there. You were completely vulnerable and playful in you know in a time that didn't feel playful. And you know, and and I loved it when the kids started kind of. There was one one where I saw where the kids were fighting over a watch or something, and you just incorporated <laughs> it into the lyrics, and they broke your light, you know, and you just kept yeah. rolling with it. And I just mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I think I think I, I I really understand your play because I think it's similar to how we play, and I think we're the same way. I think the way that we de-stress, I mean, sometimes I work out, but it hasn't been recent. But but the way we de-stress is we we imagine, we create, we 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 give ourselves to-do lists of, of goals we have and That's things nice. we want to, you know. But I do. I think a busy mind is a happy mind sometimes. So do you do you both like to sort of picture things and then try and make them a reality? Is that kind of the way yeah. you both work with that? I think so. I think it always is like an authentic thing. It's never like we, you know, it's not like, oh, today's Tuesday. Let's yeah. create. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> well, on the docket. It's 11 a.m. What's the uh, creation of the day? I think we just kind of organically, you know, I'm not, I can't play any instruments, neither can Rob. I'm a terrible singer. So we've got Rob can sing, but I'm not musically talented like Richard is. So we're we're never going to be a a musical act together. But I think that we, we're both, you know, performing hams. We, we really like comedy, dark comedy, silly Mm -hmm. comedy. And we are... Yeah, we we picture things. I don't know whether it's watching a TV show or listening to a show or like we just, you know, Rob loves to watch music on YouTube, different mm. performances, you know, and then we come up with just abstract things. And we just kind of it starts with laughter, I think, of things yeah. that make us feel happy. And then we go, oh, what if we did that? You know, and we just kind of I don't know what would you call it, like a creative freestyle. It just happens. I think so. And it's also both. it sounds like both of you are just um it's really really good at looking outside of yourself to see what's out there to keep you being inspired and stimulated because I think um you do sometimes meet people who are in a creative job but they're maybe not that much in love with what they do anymore um and it's quite baffling I mean I've met a lot of musicians actually where you think they've sort of lost their their love of why they do what they do really but I think if you keep looking things that give you that feeling then you keep really engaged and excited because there's always new things to learn and new stuff to try and people who can inspire you and I think I think if you could keep that that relationship 
with um with the, you know there's something that gives you that that happy feeling in your heart then you totally. actually stay you, you get out of bed easier like the day totally. is full of possibility uh it's it's the best way to be actually if you can keep it you have to work at it sometimes but I do think it's yeah if you can keep that going then you'll you'll lead a happier life I reckon well I think it was so easy in the pandemic I mean both much like you guys both our careers kind of stopped on what we knew do you know what mm. I mean it's like Rob couldn't go out and perform and I couldn't go out and act and it was like but I just think if we if we give up on that fire that feeds it and that creativity, we'll just get incredibly depressed. And I think that's where, you know, art, I think, I think Rob, like you struggled to create music in that moment, like writing mm. music for him was really difficult, but for some reason he was able to funnel it into art. And for me, I've always been incredibly passionate about wellness and I, I pretty much just live in athleisure. So, so <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make athleisure better. That is what I'm going to do because yeah, I'm cool. literally wearing the same things every single day and I feel disgusting. And how can I wear these things every day and make feel them good and feel yeah. good? Because I think it yeah. was like that thing, chasing that, that good feeling. And I think if we hadn't had those things to focus on those, those creative paths that kind of really did open up because what we normally do couldn't be done. Yeah, I think it yeah. would have been a very different experience for us because it was so difficult to get through each day in, yeah. in, in kind of this perilous feeling in this, does this never end? And yeah. when do we, when do we actually like see someone? It was like, it never in our lives before we've been so apart from people. Like even if someone's exactly. 10, 10, 10 feet next to you in their house, you're apart from them. And it yeah, was just, so strange. It felt like existing in the abyss. And how do you hold on to something that feels rooted in anything? And so yeah, and I think also feeling like yourself. Because a lot of yeah. a lot of things, people you see, uh, you know, your friends, your family, your colleagues, they reflect, reflect parts of you back at yourself. And when you haven't got that anymore, you can make you feel a little bit like you've lost your identity at times. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It was like you're untethered. There's no one like your, your friends, yeah. your routine, yes. all of the things that make up your day, your life are things that kind of tether you to this earth. And all of a sudden yeah. everything was just like suspended and it was so confusing. Yeah. And then there was, it was kind of like, I felt like, you know, like we talk about parenthood where sometimes you feel like you're nailing it. And then like the next week you feel like a complete failure. I feel like there'd be days where I'd be like, yes, I can do this pandemic thing. Like I am committed. I am energized. <laughs> like I've, I've got things I'm going to do with my day. Yes, yes, yes. And then literally three days later, you're like on the phone to someone going, I just can't handle it. This is so horrible. I know. When is it going to end? Sometimes in the it, same day, to be honest. In the same day, it would just go in like <laughs> these waves where you're like, that's okay. I can handle this. I got this. And then literally yeah. the next day, you'd be just on the floor in the same clothes that you'd slept in going. Yeah. I feel so down and I feel so So lost. true. Did you get so time? Weird. You said exercise is important to you. Did you find exercise time for that? Exercise has always been important to me. Well, I did kind of my own silly. The reason I haven't been working out lately is I've had an injury. But what I did was I kind of did my own silly version of workouts. Um, I started the pandemic because honestly, I, you know, the first, God, I don't even know the first weeks. I, I, I literally didn't even get out of my same clothes. Like I just didn't know what to do with myself. And finally I thought, that's it. This is ridiculous. You know how to take care of yourself. Like even though there's, you know, cause I've always been with fitness. I've always enjoyed classes. Cause I like being with other people. Like I actually enjoy 
Yeah. I quite like dancing too. So I would go to a dance class and do dancing, you know, or even a yoga class. But I liked my, my favorite thing was a dance class that I went to and I met my friends there and we'd go in the morning and it was just a bit of fun. And I'm a terrible oh, dancer, but it's just a, you know, it's, yeah, it's, what was fun. It? it's fun. And all of a sudden that was gone. And it was like, as if I didn't know what to do with myself. And I'm lucky enough that I had gym equipment and a gym in my house. And I thought after a while, I thought this is just fucking ridiculous. Go down there just dance, you know, dance like no one is watching you in your basement, go walk on the treadmill, do something, you'll feel better. And as soon as I started doing that, I would feel better. So then I was like, okay, how do I bring this to people who don't necessarily have a gym and also just make it a bit playful because it really doesn't have to be a hard workout to to get yourself to feel better. It can just be silliness. So then I started doing, um, kitchen, kitchen, what did I call it? Supermarket sweep workout. So I would take something from the fridge, like a liter of milk. And I would take stuff like a jar of pickles and a bottle of water and create like funny little workouts on Instagram, you know, like home, home workouts, like five minute arms or 10 minute legs. And I would use things (laughs) in your kitchen where you needed no equipment. And I remember we were, you know, I'm sure you were the same, but we became huge binge watchers of TV during the pandemic, just watching literally any shit that was out there. And we got really obsessed with the Tiger King, as did many people. So we did like- Oh yes, Tiger King. God, I forgot about that. We did a Tiger King workout and I had Rob (laughs) dressed as Joe Tiger. What was his name? Joe? Was it Joe Tiger? What's his name? No, um- what was his name? Joe Exotic? Joe Exotic, that's it. Yeah. Joe Exotic. So I had Rob dressed. <laughs> Joe Tiger would be good. Well, also because yeah. Rob's got his tiger pants. So I was like, just like <laughs> you with all the, the outfits and the disco ball already in the living room. I'm like, you've already got tiger pants. So then we just did a silly like tiger, tiger themed workout. And Rob was wearing a cowboy hat and tiger pants and cowboy boots. And we did, I think right. I was wearing animal print. You know, we were just like you. I think it was, it was just looking too- for the fun looking for the fun and looking to give other people the fun and in doing so giving ourselves fun. Yeah. You know, it's like, it is fun is fun is, uh, is therapy, man. It really Definitely. is. hundred percent. I agree with you. Um, you know, and sometimes think- as well, when everything is a bit heavy, you know, it's good to do something that is really lighthearted because lots of people were doing stuff that was kind of leaning into the heavy, right. but I didn't feel ready for that. No, I didn't really want to. I wasn't ready to reflect. I wanted no. to escape. <laughs> totally. I was, I was, yeah. I was conflict averse. I was, yeah, you know, I absolutely. was, I was not wanting to embrace the heavy bits because it already felt so heavy. Exactly. It was like, I think you and I, I was reading in your thing saying you were working on being a people pleaser, which I am a guilty, you know, oh, really? yeah. oh, like chronic, <laughs> just chronic people pleaser. <laughs> And so I think, I think people pleasers are conflict averse and I feel like we would never be the people to lean into the sad because we would always want to like, please the happy feeling. So I feel like that's what we did is we pleased the happy feeling. Cause the other thing I, I, you know, and, 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 you know, props to people leaning into it. I was just like, let me like leaning tower of Pisa away from this. (laughs) It feels fucking terrible. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's true now this was the other thing I wanted to know because like in the midst of this because I was thinking about all your five boys because again mm-hmm. four kids for me was you know four's loads yeah, I, I don't know five five oh. is 
I mean, it's like another, it's an extra human on top of it. And but you're like, so what's interesting about you is you're kind of like, cause I didn't start having kids till my thirties. And I always think to myself, cause I'm so tired constantly. I think, Oh, what, what would have been like if I had kids young? Would it feel different? Would I have more energy? That would have been maybe nice to experience what that would feel like, but you've actually done, you've done it in your twenties, thirties, and what were you 40 when you had your last or were not you- quite I was not 39 quite. when I had Mickey but yeah pretty much that kind of thing um, where the, the age yeah. range yeah where you've you kind of done both sides of the equation yeah and weirdly I found my later pregnancies easier than my younger ones I really I felt, that's yeah, very my, reassuring <laughs> <laughs> yeah my hardest one was my first by miles um but I did have something called preeclampsia which I didn't mm. know at the time I so I was I was well, that's dangerous Yes, that's why he was born two months early because, um, yeah, they basically had to deliver the baby so that I I would be all right. But um, I just thought I was rubbish at being pregnant. Whereas when I got to having Mickey, my fifth one, I felt great. I found it really powerful. But I would say uh, the perpetual tiredness. I don't think I don't know if, if you can avoid that. I've just, just I think happens. I, have, I think so. Yeah, it just I don't really. Um, I think I can survive on not very much sleep and because I can survive on it, that's basically what I then do. But that doesn't mean I I wouldn't love some extra sleep. I really, when I get the opportunity to sleep, I'm very, very good at it. Happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it very much. I kind of look at Rob sleeping like this. Rob Rob does not miss his hours of sleep. So so, so like I sometimes look at him and I'm like, I I could use the same amount of hours as you. I don't use the same. And I, I look at it and it's it's quite remarkable that he, he manages to get in with four kids, a good 12 hour shift of sleeping. That is most it's, impressive. It is. Um, it is. And quite, how do you, do you ever get a bit, because like yesterday morning, so we did a gig on, when are we now? Sunday night, yesterday morning, I got up same as normal, uh, I don't know, half six, seven o'clock. And Richard didn't come down till about 10-ish. Um, nice nice moves Richard. I find it quite hard not to then mention this three-hour difference uh, yeah, a few yeah, times yeah. No, no, I, I fully get pissed off about it like <laughs> like I'm laughing about it but don't think I don't resent it on some level like there's definitely like like we we went to um Euro Disney this weekend now I don't that was fun it was really fun, but like, I don't really want to get up at the crack of dawn and like put in like a 14 hour day at Disney, but I will do that. But like his highness did not join us till about 2 PM every day. And he was like, even at Disney, at, even at Disney, he rolled up with those Mickey ears around 2, 2 30. And by the way, that was him making an effort to get up early. And wow. And then it was like that thing. I don't know if your kids ever do this, but I'm sure they do. But with my kids in particular, daddy shows up and they're like, daddy. And he is like, it's like Santa Claus just came. He's the most amazing human. They're like, you're so fun. Yes. You know, and you're like there with like mini ears drooping and like like some crumbled churro on your sweatshirt going like, hey, mom's been here all day. Mom's really exactly. tired. And, I like, and they yeah. do. What is it? What is it? I do get, I mean, I, 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 I can move past it, but yeah, I do get resentful about the amount of sleep my husband gets versus how much sleep I get. Well, I think it's that thing, as you say, of like when you're kind of grumpy and annoyed by the end of the day, cause you're tired and then everybody else is like, 
they've all just woken up when they wanted to wake up. And totally. Like, ah. But yeah. um, I think, I mean, I don't, Richard and I don't, because he, he's not like getting up like dramatically later. Right, right. So there he's not doing big, Cinderella moves. No, so it's there not, isn't the big, there isn't the big like, the big entrance, the big up. entrance <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> tea time, tea time Richard comes up. <laughs> but still, I'm going to say, I mean, obviously Rob's extreme case of absolutely everything, but like, I would still say a three hour time difference would bother me. I would be like, oh. Okay, well, it definitely got mentioned. It definitely yeah. got mentioned. Oh, by the way, as it should, Sophie, as it should, I feel like if you are going to sleep in, then you need to be at least able to handle the comment of. It's true. Oh, it's bloody true. I'm going to quote cool. you on that. Yeah, when, when you get, when you get five, five hours of sleep, three hours is a huge percentage. So massive. Massive. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I get a bit cantankerous about it sometimes, but. Is he good? Is he good at like giving you like if he knows he's kind of like push the edge on this? And yeah. he knows he's kind of like, is he good like then the next day on going, you know what? So I got up a little bit late yesterday. Why don't you you sleep in a bit? I've I've got no. the no, <laughs> no, I just sort of do the mornings. It's just but like wait, a thing. Neither is Rob. Yeah. Way, is Rob. And I think also I don't really necessarily want that to happen because I do actually quite like the fact that. I get up you. with the kids yeah and we have breakfast together and like this morning I got them all like up breakfasted out the door and they need to leave for school um I, I quite I quite like the fact that I still do that stuff even though I also <laughs> resent the lack of sleep well, like, I do think there is this like weird thing that like I mean I'm just speaking from personal this like personal you know, experience a slight weird martyrdom thing I like to do with yes. myself. Oh my Being, God, that's so true. Damn it. It's like, it's like, I like to begrudge it because I'm really, really fucking tired and overwhelmed. But at the same time, yeah, I want to be feels... the one who's tired and overwhelmed because I'm such a good mom. You know, exactly. that thing where it's like, because I give yeah. up myself because I'm selfless. <laughs> and I'm like addicted to that thought of like, of like, begrudging it and resenting it a little bit but at the same time being addicted to me being the one to do it like I, exactly. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do with myself if if I wasn't okay because no, it's part of the role yeah and then it's like oh well I would love yeah. to have time to oh, do that but obviously yeah. I was up you know yeah. doing that and then I've got to Must sort be that nice and, Robbie Williams oh, no. but exactly <laughs> it is like like if someone else did the stuff if I was I don't know if the roles were reversed if I was Rob and he was me I'd, I'd really feel, struggle with that. I'd struggle I with that. My ego, my ego would, would, I don't know what Me it would too. do. Isn't that no, weird? I'm the same. I'd struggle with it and I'd feel, I feel like I need to make excuses for myself all the time. I wouldn't be able to just totally. be like, yep, I slept till three. Totally. So what? But, but by the way, <laughs> Rob has no problem with it. He's perfectly <laughs> positioned in his role because he's like, babe, I need my sleep. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. But he does not, I don't think he needs, I think it's like a woman thing. He doesn't want, he's not interested in the martyrdom schism. He no. just wants to get his sleep. He's in the like, I'm going to take care of myself and this is what I need. And so we're good like this. Yeah. And Do the kids ever go and wake him or they, they know to, they, they just come down, they don't they go try On a few occasions, they have, but he is then a very grumpy bear. I think we've all <laughs> learned. I think we've all learned as much as we like to fuck with him and wake him up sometimes that actually we all lose out because then he's just yeah. like he's just grumpy. No, so no, he doesn't one deal with it. He can't deal with the. He really can't. Yeah, he just. I don't know. It like it like makes him depressed. He literally can't function. Yeah. He, okay. But I also think you know, in defense of his very irregular sleep pattern he doesn't get to bed till like 
five in the morning or four in the morning because he's on like radio rob in his head yeah and he's yeah. looking up things on the like my husband actually sleeps with the computer okay like okay. like he cradles it like a security blanket like it's it's like it's the threesome we're having it's like me <laughs> me rob and our lover macbook <laughs> like, like like there are times when I whack myself on the computer in the night or 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 he flicks it off the bed and there's this huge loud crash and I jump yeah. up because right. he's I think he just you know because of his you know addictions and he can't take you know he can't take sleeping pills so he can't take anything to go to bed I think so he's what, just worrying till he yeah, wears himself he's out. worrying and then I think what I get his, that. his addiction is is really technology now you know it will always yeah. find something so his is YouTube you know, he'll do podcasts, but really YouTube, music, interviews, comedy. And just looking stuff up all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the time. I actually kind of get, I sort of relate to that. I kind of, because even though I'm often very tired, <laughs> I still <laughs> take a while to fall asleep. And my, yeah. I do kind of wake up again at night. So yeah. I very, very, very rarely get to sleep before midnight. Even if Me neither. Yeah. And I, I, and I quite like it, if I'm honest. I quite like that time where I get to just... Like I know people say it's terrible going on your phone in your bed and all that, but no, I, do I don't, it. I actually really like it. So I don't really want to stop. No, it's the same. <laughs> well, I think he's taken it through too, but I'm the same way. I think also when you've got so many kids, it's like you finally tuck them into bed. Like the yeah. day has not really been yours. You know, exactly. it's like 8 30 PM or 9 PM at this point when you're like, everyone's just shut in and sleeping. And you're like, if you go to bed with an hour, you don't get any you time whatsoever. Exactly. And it's nice to just veg out, like completely. So nice. Like just do nothingness. Either I watch something that. stupid or go on your like where you don't have to be doing anything important. Exactly. And if you and then if it's like you go to bed early, you didn't really get any time. It's like I like to have like a glass of wine, watch something dumb, get back to emails. Like you know what I mean. And so yeah. I'm like you. I kind of I should go to bed earlier, but I actually can't because. I, I I need to whir a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like decompress a little bit. And, and decompress. Yeah, no, I'm the same as you. And sometimes I'll read or something like that, but sometimes um I want something where I'm a bit more of a passive participant in it. So something where I'll just give me information or do something, entertain me, and I don't have to actually actively Engage. do anything. Yes. That's how I feel. I feel like since I've become a parent, I like passive entertainment, mm. which is why I think we watch, I mean, we watch an obscene amount of reality shows. We just yeah because it's like it, it's I love those two it's like mindless and at the same time it's really fascinating and specific the interactions amongst people yes like it's, it's so it's so interesting to watch the relationships between people and there's some things that are so like overlaying that you see that you understand and, and you're kind of like in Shakespeare where the audience sees it from every perspective yes. you know and I quite I quite like that it doesn't it doesn't involve me, me to think too hard and yet I can passively enjoy this these interplays do you know what I mean yeah they're so well put together as well whoever does like the sort of editing and oh, storyline stuff they're really good aren't they're they so good we've been we've been watching um Married at First Sight oh that's the one I need to start with is it was oh. the UK one yeah 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 and then on it the looks really Australia. good I oh, know it's great like I mean first of all the backdrop is already incredible when you get two people to marry each other that have never met I know. Incredible. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. It's great beyond story. fucking mental. And then, and then that's just episode one. So it's like, yes, you, 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 you're, you're going to go places. Even though none of them, I think have resulted in a happy. No, marriage. I think in, in, in the, no, God, no, there is, 
No, I think there was a couple. I can't remember if it was the America. I think it was maybe it was Australia. The couple got married. There's, a, there's like two or three. The, the one from America. The first was, one in America. They they are still together. Jamie and something. I know this Jamie. watched it. There's a blonde one. Yeah. Like 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 strawberry blonde, and she married like a kid's PE teacher. They had a baby, and then the Australian couple. She's Greek and he's his name is Michael. I can't remember her name. They're they're engaged <laughs> having a they're having a baby. Great. Like, Happy for them. I'm gonna say most of them end in total um misery. <laughs> but there's like a few. I guess you throw enough at a fan, something's gonna hit. There's yes. been a few where marriage and babies have ensued. I would have say you watched any of Love is Blind. That was uh, hell yeah, of course. That was oh, my favorite. That's my favorite. I love that it. was the lockdown. That was the lockdown, especially along with the Tiger King was Love is Blind. Yeah. And then I've seen season two. Apparently you can't get better telly than someone proposing through a wall. It just I know. it doesn't I mean, get better than that. Sometimes I kind of like look at myself like, where have we come to in society where people are willing to fucking do this? But at the same time, I'm one of those people willing to watch it. Oh, God, so yeah. Count me in. I mean, th- that couple in the first season got married. Yeah. yeah. They got yeah, married that- and stayed. And in fact, two of them. Stay yes, there's, some, there's more success with Love is Blind than there is with uh, Marriott. Why do we think that? Why do we think, what do we think is the root of like why a wall is better for getting married? Just, is it because you're getting to know the person? Yeah, before? I think the fact that they actually get to speak before they're at the altar might have something to do with it. There hasn't just been a team of experts. <laughs> I like, by the way, I really want to know, like, the team of experts. I really want to know what's actually happening in the casting when they're pairing people. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, it, like, you know, in this one, yeah, I just want to know what the common, or do they think, okay, this will be, I've got the sick in me has to believe on certain parents. They're like, this is going to be terrible. Let's put these two people oh, together. God, this yeah, will definitely. make great TV. Like 100%. Some of them, they're trying to create love stories, you know, but other ones you've got to know. That, yeah. yeah, because I mean, even, you know, X Factor, there's the great acts and then there's the kind of like not so great acts, but both yep. of them made up the program. So I have, to, I have to imagine that on Married at First Sight, they're definitely yep. going for the combo of great 100%. matches and terrible matches. So much because also like telly, I just don't trust telly at all. No. Like, it's, it, it's got its own agenda. So oh, it's got its dark forces for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm willing to be a participant in those dark forces, but it's definitely got some like nefarious undertones of what definitely. they're doing. Yeah, like, they're not. They're not like <laughs> they're not like rooting for the success of all of these people. No, no, they got the, what, the they want good telly. Thanks. Yeah, they want really good telly. <laughs> Did you ever see the one in Australia where I think his name was? Is he was a stripper and his name was Bronson, I want to say. And she was like hooking up with someone else. And oh, they wow. both stayed with their partner so that they could keep hooking up with each other. Oh because golly. Like, oh, no, I didn't I didn't watch the Australian one. I know it's supposed to be amazing, but oh, it had so like good. 30 something episodes when I looked at starting it's a, it's I just, a commitment. And I thought this is a a really, com- this is a bit too much for me. I mean, I <laughs> I did watch um I have I have gone deep with some things like uh, when I first started watching Love Island, I then went back and watched like early series oh, yeah, of yeah, Love yeah, yeah. Island. So I have yeah, done. Yeah. I have played the long game. We've played the long game. Shows. We we go in the long game with Love Island. It's one of those things where it's you know it's it's definitely like several months, and you're like at the beginning, you're like I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I, I care about these people. Yeah, I'm not interested. And then yeah. literally like a month and a half later, you're like, babe, we've got to get home. Love yeah. Island's on. Love <laughs> Island, and then it's always. 
do we watch tonight's episode or do we catch up on yesterday's first and we normally go back and catch up and then we fall asleep watching Saturday? Is it Saturdays where they just do the like bullshit recap thing and you're like, oh, and then you forget that it's a Saturday and you're like, oh God, well, there's, there's Saturday ruined for us. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Yeah, we're exactly the same. We're the same people. Honestly, we we get really excited about these (laughs) kinds of things. I would think that I would, I would guess that people listening might think that like you and Richard or me and Rob have these like really rock and roll evenings and there's like all this like sexy, cool music stuff happening. (laughs) It's like, this is what's actually happening. This is what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do the kids... Do the kids, when you guys are being silly, like, for example, when you did the disco stuff, I know the kids, mm. the, the, the smaller kids were too small to really even, like, know what was happening. But do they get, like, embarrassed when you and Richard are doing silly things and you're in costumes? Are they into it? Uh, I think it's very easy to embarrass them. But quite often the times when I'm like, oh, I'm being really embarrassing right now, my eldest will say, oh, you always say that, but it's actually not that bad. I think they're just really used to it. Yeah. I think the, t- the tone of my the tone of my embarrassing moments has been the same since Doc, yeah. so they don't know any just, Yeah, I think that's like our kids. They have yeah. no idea yeah. that we actually are embarrassing them because it's, yeah, it's just been that. It's just how it always is. Yeah. It's like BC. <laughs> it's just what's happened. I mean, I know that some of the, some of the younger ones now, if I'm taking them to school, I'm not allowed to sing anywhere near the school gates. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, they put that rule in. Oh, yeah. I hate that. And then my youngest really likes listening to music. So I used to play music like in his buggy while we were pushing him. And then they suddenly were like, we can't have any music near the school gates. So things, we kind of got to that level. But generally speaking, um, I think they just they just don't know any difference. So, you know. All I love that the school the gates have become the like parameter yeah. like Absolutely. you can be mom until you get to the gates yeah maybe like a road mile a little bit of gap either side of it to be honest not even just the gates just, just quite, just quite a large parameter a, a block down two blocks yeah. down exactly don't, don't wear the sparkly outfit you can see oh no no, no. The, that would what not would they be do what would they do if you came in full disco attire what would happen? Uh, I think I'd be a bit confused by it. And my eldest one, so Sonny, he's kind of into fashion anyway. And I thought he was always very supportive of everything I wore. <laughs> and someone said with the discos, they were like, oh, you know, I can't believe you're wearing that leotard. Your eldest must be so embarrassed. And I said, actually, he's really supportive. And I told Sonny about this later. And he was like, no, actually, sometimes you do take it too far. And <laughs> I think you do wear things you shouldn't. So, yeah, I think there's definitely... Um, a line that can be crossed and I've crossed it. No, before. I think you should always cross it. I think you should continue to cross it. Don't don't back down, Sophie. You're not allowed to no. back down. No. I don't no. know any other way to be. I don't either. You know, this is it's it. fun. Like I'm looking at you and you've got your fun sweater and you've got your fun wallpaper. <laughs> like it would sure. be so it'd be so sad if it was all just like gray. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Like you don't want that. You don't want that. The kids don't want that, no matter what nah, they do. they don't really. Exactly. I agree with you. Are any of them are any of them Super, I know you said your youngest loves music, but any of them following in your footsteps with music, do you find that like that's what they did when they, because like our kids all had different edges and I guess they're all different ages and expressed it differently. But as your kids are older than my kids, some of them, did they ever mm-hmm. express themselves with music to come away um, from their edge? Yeah, definitely my eldest. It's a big, a big thing for him. Yeah, he listens to music all the time. And I think for him, music is, is very much an emotional support and 
it's life actually i mean sonny's just got music playing all the time if it's not coming out of his room it's on his headphones he listens to music to and from school he goes to gigs now so yeah big thing for him but funnily enough my next one down kit he's not very interested in music at all really like he'll he doesn't mind having it on sometimes but it's he, he doesn't go towards it it's not his thing which i quite like in a way because it's so different from the rest of us but then my little ones yeah they love it as well so i don't know i mean that'd be interesting to see if it actually becomes any of their day jobs but it's definitely something that they have as, as part of the way that they, you know, make sense of the world themselves. around them. Yeah. And I think that's really good. That's all I really wanted for them, actually, just to have it there as, as a, a companion, because that's where music, that's what it's, where it starts and ends for me as well. Yeah. And does Sonny, now that you're able to go back out on the road, does he come mm-hmm. with you and see you in these performances and kind of realize what he, his mommy does? I mean, I'm sure he knows what his mommy does outside of the house. Yeah. Really get a sense. Not so much does. sunny, actually, not not massively. Uh, I think now that he's that bit older, he kind of wants to do his own thing more. But my like my thirteen year old and my ten year old, I took them around a lot over the summer. They came on the tour bus a few times and came to different festivals. I mean, they're not particularly interested in watching the gigs because they've seen it, and they're a bit like, "We've done that now." <laughs> Been there, <laughs> done that. The same, but um, they definitely like you know the the sort of hustle and bustle of being out on the road and being on the tour bus and hanging out with the crew and going and seeing other things in the in the festival field they're quite into all of that I think that's quite fun I I just did um yeah it's cool and this week actually well no this week last week I did my first thing where I took Sunny and Kit with me and we did a tv show and we've never done anything like that before but we did this program called Lego Masters and that was really Lego Masters what's Lego Masters so it's a show where we were one of three teams building um, Christmas-themed uh, brick. Uh, what do you call it? Like, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like builds. And uh, so it's going to be on Channel 4 at Christmas time. And it was actually really nice because we had two nights in Poland shooting and filming oh, because there was so already cool. a set there because they were filming their series there. And it was really nice because we'd never done anything like that before, but it was it was just the two teenagers and I did really like that. That was really special. We wouldn't normally get the opportunity to do something like that. So that was fun. Well, I love that adventure. I love that yeah, adventure, it was an adventure for you guys. Yeah. yeah, and it was nice. We don't, because I'm sure it's the same for you, but in, in the house, the you know the little ones are the ones that demand the most from me and they are like basically our house revolves around mickey to be honest the three-year-old he he's the one who says like play with me now or i want to do this and i'm you know there for him all the time but i think having that time with the big boys was really special because otherwise yeah. i don't really i don't get that time with them but also they don't get that time with each other so that was really cool no yeah. i love that it's it is a challenge when you've got or you've got four to kind of carve out especially with the older ones that can be a little more insular within their own worlds to, you know, and the, the little ones are so loud and vocal about what they need. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. hard to kind of give each one specific time. And, and also, like you said, you know, certain relationships of the two big boys together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the dynamics change. It's like sometimes, you yeah. know, it's the baby together or it's the, the oldest with the young, you know, it's like, and they each have their own special dynamic. And it's hard to give each agree. little yeah. pod its moment and make sure they all have that relationship with each other it's very exactly cool. okay so yeah. that's going to be on channel four at christmas fall. yeah at christmas yeah. Time. okay well i'll yeah. be watching that <laughs> well i i know i've taken up a, just a bucket load of your time and i know i know you're constantly spinning plates um, <laughs> and i want to thank you for taking this time 
to sit with me and share. Oh, I can talk to you for long, guys. I can talk to you for the whole day. I'm like, I'm like, I'll come over. I'll come over. I kind of need to see. What I'd really like is to come to your disco parlor and disco with you. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please, please subscribe. I mean, it's actually begging. Rate us, review us, all the five stars, all the bells and whistles, please, wherever you find your podcasts. Seriously, desperate, desperate for a good review. Also, if you want to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is IdaFieldWilliams, so please let us know what you think of the podcast and even who you might like to have on as a guest. You never know, we might actually be able to make it happen. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Postcards from the Edge is a Blueprint Pods production. Executive producer Sophie Palak and producer Warren Borg. Postcards from the Edge. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.